right? Psalm 119. As I said uh, maybe last week or the week before, that as we spend our time here this month, we're, we're going to take uh, certain themes or certain thoughts, windows, and, uh, and try to just park it on those uh, in various messages throughout the month. So we started a couple of Wednesday nights ago just thinking about how to get into Psalm 119, our approach into it. Last Wednesday... We thought about the tone of Psalm 119 as we looked at the first eight verses. Um, the, 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 the blessings that belong to the undefiled, uh, and yet you do not find a man who's, uh, uh, writing in someone, in Psalm 119 who's claiming that he himself has hit the standard. He's pursuing the standard. And, uh, it really, Psalm 119 opens the door, uh, for the gospel in Jesus Christ or through the work of Jesus Christ. In a lot of ways, if you don't have um, a gospel lens on Psalm 119, uh, it doesn't add up. Um, uh, oh, that my ways um, were directed to keep your statutes. How is that coming off the lips of a man who's already said, blessed are those who are undefiled? And the gospel bridges that gap, and that ought to be bridging the gap in our meditations. Tonight, I want to meditate on, think through, um, just one verse, really a, one part of one verse, um, in uh, Psalm 119, verse 2. We're just going to park it in that verse and try to think through it tonight. So Psalm 119, verse 2 Blessed are they that keep His testimonies, that seek Him with the whole heart. And I want us to think about seeking the Lord with the whole heart. What does it mean to seek the Lord with the whole heart? Is it is this phrase even significant? And I would say, again, I'll give you these little trails or, or, or studies to, to run if you're doing that. Um, it would be worth your while to make it through Psalm 119 and just take note of every time the psalmist talks about doing anything with his whole heart as it relates to the Lord, because this is something that is brought up again and again and again throughout this particular psalm. So just to give you a few of them. In verse 10, the psalmist says, With my whole heart have I sought thee. O oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Verse 34 says, Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Verse 58, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. Verse 69, The proud have forged a lie against me but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Verse 80, Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. A sound heart. Right? We're talking about a, a heart, the whole heart that is affected here. And then the last one I'll, I'll give, and, and you could go in and find the rest. Verse 45, I cried with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord, and I will keep your statutes. So seeking the Lord with the, with the whole heart. 
does that mean? How do we do it? Well, the first thing that I want to point out, and it's really what we've just recently pointed out, um, the first thing you'll notice about this psalm, particularly referencing back to last week, is that seeking God with the whole heart is not about perfection. Uh, it's not about you doing everything exactly right every single time. Seeking God with the whole heart is not about perfection, but it is about the direction in which you're moving. Okay, It's not about perfection, it is about direction. The psalmist is clear that he's falling short in some areas, and yet he is also coming to the Lord saying that he's seeking Him with the whole heart. So the attitude or the mindset of a wholehearted pursuit of God is a mindset, and this is something we'll bring up again and again, I think we mentioned it last week, but it's a mindset that is both determined to seek God, but also dependent on God. Okay, so you know what the opposite of this looks like. Um, usually in January, around the 1st of January, that's when all the Bible reading renewals come up. And we try to give a message or some sort of an encouragement and some direction about some Bible reading for the year. And, and part of why I've, I've uh, parked it here outside of the Lord's just providential timing of where we found ourselves in Psalm 119 was to use the month of December to hopefully whet your appetite of digging in uh, to the Word when January hits. But you know how that goes. January hits, and if you've been sporadic in your Bible reading, or if it has all but fallen off in 2023, you're already dreaming about how well you're going to do in 2024. Okay? Even though... As far as Bible reading goes, dates are kind of meaningless, right? I mean, you can start whenever. But, but that being the case, you're already dreaming about how well 2024 is going to go. And uh, more than likely, if, you're, if your Bible reading has been sporadic in 2023, the fact that the calendar happened to come around one more time isn't going to make that big of a difference in 2024 if all you're doing is thinking... Let's just turn the page. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, conquer this Robert Murray McShane, you know, through the New Testament twice and the Old Testament once and the Psalms and Proverbs twice, and uh, you know, I'm gonna kill it this year. Not for really any particular reason besides it's a new year. A lot of times we we launch off into those things in our determined, in our own strength, but not necessarily dependent. On the Lord. A lot of times there's a lot more grit at the front end of, I know I gotta do better, I'm gonna do better, and very little prayer of, Lord, if you do not bless me in this effort, I know I'm gonna fall away just like I did last year. If you don't help me identify the things that allowed my inconsistencies to, 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 uh, and, and my neglect of your word to, to just prevail. I know I'm not going to make it. We need this, not just in Bible reading, but in life in general. We need this combination of being determined to do what God has told us to do and at the same time being dependent on God for the, the strength to actually be able to do it. 
So you see this attitude again in, in the psalm. Verse, we talked about this last week, verse 32, where he says, enlarge my heart and I will run the way of your commandments. So enlarge my heart. I'm dependent, Lord. I don't want to struggle with this. I don't want to fail in this. I don't want to be inconsistent in this. I want to run the way of your commandments, but I also recognize I am fully dependent on your strength to consistently move this way. Or verse 33, Lord, teach me. Verse 34, give me understanding. Verse 35, make me to go in the path. Verse 36, incline my heart. Verse 37, turn my eyes. Verse 38, confirm your word to your servant. See, this whole little section here, 32 through 38, is just one section and the last half of these verses are going to talk about his, his commitment. But there's a dependence here. Now, sometimes when we think about our dependence on the Lord, we can... Uh, we can get a little bit off balance. So you have one where you're determined, but you're not dependent. On the other side, there are people who are dependent and not determined. And essentially, they're sitting around waiting on God to do something. And that's not the way this works. Pursuing the Lord and seeking the Lord is active on your part, even though you have to be dependent on the Lord as you do it. You cannot just passively think something's going to happen. So if we go back and use our, um, use our same illustration, if you were to start 2024 and you were to say, you know, I am, I am going to be uh, much more consistent in my Bible reading if the Lord will just teach me, if He'll just open my eyes, if He'll just give me understanding, if He'll just incline my heart, and I'm just waiting on him to do those things before I get started. And once he does, I know things are going to work out well. How much do you think you're going to read? None. Because in God's economy, you've got to actually pick up the book and open it and put God's word into your mind and heart before your understanding is going to be opened. Um, so again, there's this determine this determination. I'm determined to seek the Lord. And yet at the same time, I'm dependent on God. I'm coming in a childlike humility, recognizing that the challenges, the distractions, the diversions are all too much for me in my own strength. So seeking the Lord with, with the whole heart. In Matthew 22, I'm not going to turn here and read, but in Matthew 22... This is where the lawyer comes to Jesus to ask him, what is the greatest commandment? And you remember Jesus says, well, here's the greatest commandment. Essentially, um, I'm going to boil it down. Uh, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Okay? Love God. That's number one. The second is like unto it, but the second's not the first. God's number one priority for your life is that you would love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So the Lord is concerned with this seeking Him with your whole heart. As a matter of fact, there's a case to be made from Matthew 22 that the Lord's greatest concern for your life is that you prioritize seeking Him with all your heart. So let's try to 
move away from this fuzzy idea of what it means to seek the Lord with your whole heart. Try to give some categories as to what that actually means and how we might actually do it. So look, look in Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Jesus gives us here in um, verses 21 through 23, He gives us some uh, insights about the heart. Now, this is in response to what defiles a man, and the you know the the overall teaching is it's not that which goes in, but that which comes out. Um, so he says in verse twenty one, from within, out of the heart of men. Okay, this is what's in the heart of men. Proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Now, if you were to take the different fruit that Jesus mentions here in these verses and you were to categorize these, you would... uh, you could fit each of these into one of three categories. What proceeds out of the heart? Thinking, desires or motives, and choices or behaviors. So thoughts, desires and motives, choices and behaviors. And when I'm given the two, they're they're really one category. So let's illustrate this seeking God with the whole heart real quick by thinking about it. um, Thinking about it this way. Uh, let's illustrate seeking the Lord with the whole heart by thinking about a vehicle that's trying to get to a destination. In order for a vehicle to get to a desired destination, three things have to be in play. Number one, you got to have gas. Number two, got to have oil. And number three, the vehicle has to actually be moving in the direction that the destination is located. Okay? So what happens if the vehicle has oil and is pointed in the right direction but has no gas? It's never going to get there. Or what happens if there's plenty of gas and plenty of oil but it's facing the opposite direction? Well, it's never going to get there. Well, obviously I'm making a point and uh, trying to illustrate, but you take away any of these three things and you're not going to get to where you're trying to go. And you could make the same argument biblically, and we're going to look in just a minute at at how Scripture emphasizes these areas, that if your desire is to seek the Lord, and you're trying to do that with your actions and with your thoughts, but you're leaving your affections and your motives unchecked, you're not going to make it. If you're trying to seek the Lord and you're paying attention to your thoughts and you're trying to feed your affections, but you're not paying attention at all to your behaviors, your choices, you're not going to make it. 
essentially what it means to seek the Lord with the whole heart means that you are seeking the Lord with every area of your life. The whole person. And so, thinking, desires and motives... Let's say um, your desire is to seek the Lord and you know that one of the Ten Commandments is do not lie. But the reason that you're not lying is not because you want to please the Lord. It's because you want to gain reputation with someone. Well, that's a desire of the flesh. That's not a desire that comes from the Lord. Is God honored if you do the right thing for the wrong reason? Yeah, the answer is no. Matter of fact, the Pharisees were great at doing that. The psalmist, on the other hand, is saying, that's not what I'm after. I want to seek you with the whole heart. Now, now, what are we, what are we really talking about? Psalm 119 really is a picture of a man who is communing with the Lord. If we're talking about seeking God, that can be kind of nebulous. What, what exactly are we talking about? We're talking about seeking communion with God having close fellowship with the Lord, having a um, one-on-one closeness and communing with Him. So if your desired destination is close communion with Christ and you are not seeking the Lord by working to bring either your thoughts, your desires and motives, or your choices and behaviors in conformity to His Word, you're not going to reach that goal. And a lot of times people think that they're trying all that they know to try and it's just not working. And really what they're doing is they're hitting one of these three categories and neglecting the other two or at least leaving one off. So let's let's think about this and think about how the Bible emphasizes uh, these categories. So number one, thinking, thinking as far as the illustration goes, you might think about this as the gasoline Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. In verse 4, Paul says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Seeking the Lord with our whole heart, number one means we are seeking to bring our thoughts into conformity to the Word of God. You you know already that Romans 12, um, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Well, here, as Paul talks about your thinking, he talks about this in some pretty aggressive ways. This, these are our weapons, he says, in the warfare that we fight. They're not carnal weapons. Um, 
But these weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Brothers and sisters, there are lots of things that we encounter in, in, in the life that we live, just like the seasons that we see the psalmist going through in Psalm 119, where at times his soul is glued to the dust, at times his enemies have come against him, um, at times he is uh, um, um, seeking God to rejoice in his word. There, there, there's all kinds of ebbs and flows in Psalm 119. He runs into strongholds, and what does he do? Well, he seeks to bring his thinking in conformity to the word. It was good for me to be afflicted. You think he got that from his feelings? No. Um, you are good and you do good. That passage is couched in one of the uh, um, uh, sections in Psalm 119 that talks about the struggles and afflictions that the psalmist is enduring. So he's, he's trying to tear down these strongholds. Well, um, what, what, what sort of a stronghold do you think he might be trying to tear down when he says to the Lord, it was good for me to be afflicted. Before I went astray, but now I seek you. Well, you know how that goes. Affliction's hard. Affliction's difficult. And Satan knows how to pounce on affliction and just fill your head and heart full of lies. The psalmist here is seeking to tear down strongholds, if we're looking at it through a 2 Corinthians 10 kind of lens, by bringing every thought captive um, to the obedience of Christ. This is, this is big stuff when we're talking about Christian growth. Philippians chapter 4, thinks Paul thought it was so important as he was writing to the Philippians that he even gave them a, a think list. Think on these things, he said. Look in Philippians 4. You, you're, you're familiar with this passage, I think, but it's worth looking at. Philippians chapter 4 As he's, as he's uh, really instructing and equipping the, the Philippians uh, with how to deal with their anxieties and how to um, enjoy the peace of God, in verse 8 he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, pure, lovely, of good report, with any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things. Well, if we would seek the Lord with our whole hearts, we must give time and attention to cultivating a disciplined mind. Okay, we're talking about discipline here. In the midst of all these other things, verse 6, be careful or anxious for nothing. When your anxieties are crowding in, think on these things. Or the Second Corinthians chapter 10. When these strongholds begin to take place or take hold of you, 
Take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So our thinking, seeking the Lord through a disciplined mind. Second, desires, motives, and affections. Okay, desires, motives, and affections. Psalm 51, you know this psalm, it's David's repentance psalm. Psalm 51 verse 6, David says, You desire truth in the inward parts. You desire truth in the inward parts. The reason I go there is because there, 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 it would be easy to think, well, well, my goodness, what are we supposed to do about desires and affections? And, and how do we, you know, you can't really control any of that stuff, can you? Well, yes, you can. You can. As a matter of fact, not only can you, you are commanded to. Okay, look in Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. By the way, as you're turning to Proverbs 23, as you think about uh, more than likely one of these categories is probably going to be more of a struggle for you than another. And so as you think about which ones, or maybe maybe you do this in all of them, uh, you, you look at those and think, are you kidding? You know, a disciplined mind? For, for some of us, that comes Fairly natural. I mean, there are still fights to be had, but that's not a super duper challenge. And for some of you, you think, I don't think I could ever get there. Well, remember, a wholehearted approach or, or seeking God with the whole heart is both determined and dependent. Okay? It's not me saying, I've struggled in this area, but from now on, I'm going to just hit it full force. And in my own strength, I'm going to get it right next time. That's not it. It's, oh, that my ways. Oh, that my ways were conformed to this. Oh, that my thoughts were disciplined. Lord, I will run the way of your commandment when you enlarge my heart. I am seeking to meditate. I am seeking to rejoice and to fill my head and heart with your word. But I need your help. You see, there's a difference in saying, I'm going to give you a three-step program to wholeheartedly commune with God. And if you'll just do these three easy steps, you'll be there. That's not it. These are three categories, three areas in your heart that we're seeking to bring into obedience as we seek the Lord and to commune with Him in a close way. And so there's going to be growth in all of these. So desires, motives, affections. Look in Proverbs 23, verse 6. Proverbs 23, verse 6 says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, Neither desire thou his dainty meats. Okay? Don't eat the bread of him that has an evil eye. And he says, I'm going to go even further here. Don't even desire his delicacies. Anybody here like food? Solomon says, if you're going to be wise, don't just cut it off at the not eating. In this kind of situation, in this particular circumstance, don't even desire it. Proverbs 20, 
uh, Proverbs 24.1, Be not thou envious, that's a motive, against evil men, neither desire to be with them. You see, Scripture, not just in Proverbs, we'll go to the New Testament in a minute and we'll talk about motives, desires, affections. But you can be thinking about God and you can be trying to conform your choices and behaviors to some outward conformity to God's Word. But if you're doing those two things and you have absolutely no desire to commune with Him, those are just dead actions. That's not going to do anything. Growth is not going to take place. Matter of fact, you could do the thinking part and you could do the behaving part. And if your motives are off, if your motives are not to seek the Lord's face, but to appear as if you're seeking the Lord's face so that everybody else at church is jealous of you, not going to work. Again, the destination is communion with God, not what everybody else is thinking. So a wholehearted seeking is a seeking that comes not because I feel guilty about how I performed last year, but I'm constrained by the love of Christ. Okay, That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Paul says, the love of Christ constrains me. That is, motivates me, presses me. Or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, where Paul says, and this is not the KJV, but Paul says, I make it my aim or my ambition or my goal to please Him. Paul says, the reason that I do what I do is because I want to be pleasing to Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, we go here often, but here's a motive. Paul says, Do nothing. Now we're thinking about the negative side of things. Do nothing out of strife or vainglory. That is, do nothing out of um, pride or selfish ambition. Don't do anything out of that. So we're we're thinking here again about desires. So, so, So here's the logical question. How in the world do we stir our desires and our motives and our actions. How do we do that? Can that even be done? I would say that um, in a lot of ways, everybody but the modern-day Christian recognizes that this can be done. There's an entire entertainment industry that's making millions because this can be done. You realize every commercial that you watch or listen to is designed to stir this right here. How? How is it done? Well, can it be done? And obviously now the answer is yes. But look look in Psalm 119 just for a minute. And, you know, and again, you, you've all had the experience. I mean, it may be some kind of a different trinket or gadget or product or something, but you've all had the experience of not even knowing something existed. And five minutes later, um, 
not imagining yourself without it. Lost in thought as to how great life's going to be when you finally get your hands on whatever it is that you didn't even know about before. Why? Because your affections have been stirred. Your motives have been activated. right, And your desires are at full force. Well, this is where the psalmist motives, desires, affections are. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 15. He says, uh, and 16, 15 and 16. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. I think I said this on the first night, but when you trace meditation throughout Psalm 119, one of the things that you'll find is that, um, uh, or delight, I'm sorry, if you trace delight and rejoicing in the Word in Psalm 119, one of the things you'll find is it's always connected to meditating and obeying. Okay, sometimes both, sometimes one or the other. You want to you stir your affections up toward God, not just God's Word. The goal is not just to stir your affections toward God's Word. God's Word is meant to stir your affections toward Him. You want to stir your affections up toward the Lord? Take some time and meditate on the Word. Take some time and just sit down with a portion of Scripture and park your mind there. <coughs> 97, verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Um, Verse 129. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, doth my soul keep them. You know, just taking 10, 15 minutes to take a passage of Scripture and just chew on it. Meditate on it. We're going to do a message before we end this on some practical steps toward meditation. But you may be thinking, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. I realize these kinds of things can be used just to make sure the preacher has an illustration that where he ends up on top, but it's worth saying. We watch two-hour, three-hour movies without even thinking about it. We listen to 30-minute, 60-minute podcasts without even thinking about it. We can spend 10 to 15 minutes thinking about something. Here's the key if we want to. That's the key. You say, I just get so distracted. No, no. You just don't eliminate distractions when it comes to this. We can do what we want to do. And here's the other part. We will want to do what we love. The psalmist says, I love your testimonies. They're my delight. I meditate on them. And so here's the, here's the progression, the reality. Whatever you love, now this really is, is encapsulating the whole, the whole gamut, but it starts with, it's, it's including the desires. Whatever you love will saturate your thoughts. 
It will stir your affections. It will fuel your desires and it will dictate your behavior. Whatever you love will saturate your thoughts, stir your affections, fuel your desires and dictate your behaviors. And the Word of God is the means that you've been given to having your affections stirred toward the person of God. And that is going to be done through meditation. That is going to be done as we take thoughts captives in the thinking category. But these motives, desires, affections, uh, they're a real category that ought to be given real attention. And I know we're running... A little long, so let me just quickly do our last one, which is the one that you would be more most familiar with. That is choices and behaviors, right? So you can be trying to take your thoughts captive. You can be trying to stir your desires and affections, but if you're not interested in your choices and behaviors being conformed to Scripture, that's not wholehearted seeking. And there really is a uh, a flavor of Christianity that just gives no real time and attention to choices and behaviors. It's all about you meditating and glorying in the gospel and what's been done for you. And all that's great. But growth has to do with more than just what you think about and what stirs your affections. It has to do with your whole person being brought into conformity to Jesus Christ. So Deuteronomy 29.29, where the Lord says, the secret things belong to me, but those things that I have revealed to you and given to you and your sons and daughters, I've given them so that you might do them. Walk in them. James 1, 22 through 25, James says, don't just be a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word. Or Matthew 7, 24 through 27, the wise man and the foolish man. Right? And what do they have in common? Well, what they have in common is they have both set under the sound of the sermon. Okay? Both of them have. One hears and does. One hears and ignores. Okay, so if we would seek the Lord with our whole heart, then we're seeking Him by trying to bring our choices and our behaviors into conformity to His Word. Look how this plays out in the, in the psalm, and then this, this will be where we stop. Psalm 119, um, verse 59 I mean, this, this 59 and 60, you could park it here and meditate about yourself personally for the rest of the month and uh, it, you'd get a lot of mileage out of it. Psalm 119, 59 through 60, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. What's David say here, or whoever wrote the psalm? He says, I thought on my ways. That is, he's doing meditation on a couple of different levels. Number one, he's been meditating on the Word. But number two, he's been meditating or examining himself. And once he did, he turned his feet back to the Lord's testimonies. Or, last one, 101, 101. He says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. 
So seeking the Lord with the whole heart. We could say a lot more about this, but I think the categories are helpful. Again, a vehicle with gas and oil that's pointed in the right direction is going to reach its destination. And brothers and sisters, a Christian who is seeking in a determined and a dependent way to bring their thinking, their desires and motives, and their choices and behaviors into conformity to Jesus Christ and His Word is a Christian who's seeking the Lord with their whole heart. May that be true of me and may it be true of you. Let's pray. Father, we again, we thank You for the, for the riches of Your Word, the riches of this psalm. And I pray, Lord, that the, the material that we've covered tonight would just stir our hearts to a whole, wholehearted pursuit um, of You. Uh, I pray that You would bless us to learn this, uh, this, this balance of determination and dependence on You and that we would run hard after You. Um, knowing that we're seeking the God who has sought us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.